0: Welcome to HRI's Next in Health podcast. I'm Trina Sederos and I lead PwC's Health Research Institute. I'm also a management consultant at PwC, working with pharmaceutical companies on vaccines, mRNA, mAbs, and other drug products.
1: And I am Igor Belokornitsky, a principal at PwC Strategy End. And today, Trina and I are joined by our friend, Derek Gash. Derek is a partner in our firm, and he works at a very exciting intersection of health, consumer and technology. Derek spends all of his time with health insurers who are trying to engage more effectively with their members to help them achieve better health while also managing their operational complexities. Derek, welcome to the podcast.
2: Thanks, Igor. And thanks, Trina. I'm glad to be here.
0: Great. So I have a book in front of me, Remaking the American Patient by Nancy Thomas. And it's a history of the American medical consumer. It's a great book. I've talked about it on the podcast before. And it starts its tale in the 19th century, the early 1800s in the United States. And so I think this, when I was reading this book, really blew my mind in some ways, because we tend to think of the healthcare consumer as a modern concept. But really, it's at least two centuries old, at least in this country. And when I'm thinking about the work you're doing, Derek, with payers, I feel like it ties into that long history, but that there's this really modern spin using technology that, of course, wasn't possible way back then. So I'm wondering if you could talk to us a little bit about why this is happening now. Why are they reaching out to consumers in ways that don't involve necessarily sending out just explanations of benefits and things like that? So can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, I actually I love the analogy, Trina, when you think back to the days of like house calls and the personal experience that people had with their physicians. I think you're absolutely right that that is really what this is all about. Yeah, we've been talking about the consumerization of health for a while now. And, you know, the basic idea is that consumers today are really getting their expectations set outside of the industry. Individuals who need to care for themselves are expecting those things that they get from online banking, from their retailer, from all of the digital experiences that are really taking every aspect of their life online. And so when you take those concepts and you apply them to healthcare, it really starts to frame a model of care that is around simplicity and ease of use, something that's engaging and people want to use. It's always available to them and it's immediate. So you get immediate response to whatever that need is or experience that you need to create at that point in time. Affordability is, of course, always a challenge. But then importantly, I think the thing that really a lot of this engagement is about is about customization and making sure that as individuals are in this always on environment that is easy to use, that it's tailored to them and their needs. And that really is where the greatest opportunity I think exists. There's a tremendous amount of information out there on individuals that payers have access to. But when you look at all of that data and you bring it together, you have an opportunity to really customize and create an experience that's based on not only maybe your health barriers, but also your motivators, those things that are preventing you from actually going down a path of health, your preferences, and to really take all of that together and tune the experience that you create to create a more healthy individual.
1: Derek, when we've discussed this topic in the past, you've mentioned the word advocacy to describe this new dynamic between the consumers and their health insurer. Can you talk a little bit more about what this will mean to the health insurer to be an advocate for the consumer and what it'll mean for the consumer to have a health insurer as their advocate?
2: Yeah, I think what we're talking about when we're talking about advocacy is really understanding at an individual level What is the full context that is created for that person as they are experiencing their life and going through decisions that are going to have implications on their health? And the goal really is to be able to know enough so that when I engage with you, Igor, as an individual, I can stand beside you and know those things that are driving you, motivating you, the challenges that you're facing, and really be a trusted advocate as you address those challenges. And that sounds easy to do, but the reality is that there are a tremendous amount of complexities in getting there. There's data accessibility, data integration. There's multiple channels. As we go down the digital pathway, we see data flowing in and out and through different channels and the challenge is how do we take all that we know about you, the assets that we have to bear and really, again, tune that experience in a way that I can speak on your behalf and I can actually help you as an individual make the right decisions going forward.
0: So, Derek, let's talk about that a little bit more. So what can a health insurance company do to make me healthier? You know, what can my insurance company do? Can we go into a little bit more detail?
2: Yeah, absolutely, Trina. So, for example, let's say that you have a particular chronic condition. Let's say that it's diabetes because that's one that consistently comes up. That gives us a certain amount of information about what you need to do with your life. You need to monitor your A1C levels. You need to make sure that you're eating right. Ideally, you have the right kind of diet, the right sort of exercise regimen. You have regular checkpoints with your physician. But then there may be more about you that we didn't initially think about, which is, are you in an area where you actually have access to the right types of specialists? Are you also maybe elderly or pregnant, for example, that maybe would have additional complexities to your care and what you might need? Do you have the financial backing to make sure that you do your follow-up appointments and that you get the medicine that you need at the point in time? Once we understand all of those things about you, then we can figure out the right ways to get you to act. And that's really where the magic lies because people generally intuitively want to make the right decisions about their health, but they're also confronted on a daily basis with the easier path. And so finding that easiest path towards health is really the opportunity for insurers because in doing so, we not only help you in your goals towards healthy living, but also for employers and the insurers that support them in really driving down the cost to manage you and make sure that you can live that healthy life.
1: That's pretty amazing. Derek, in all of these conversations with our guests, we always ask about the role of technology and the trend that they're describing. And so this could be things like cloud computing. It could be wearables and digital and AI. It could be advances in data science and analytics. So how do you see this advocacy agenda being enabled and advanced by technology?
2: The short answer, Igor, is yes. Everything you mentioned is part of the puzzle. Connected devices and IoT certainly presents a unique opportunity to understand more about who you are and what you're doing. There are pharma companies that are out there today that are exploring how they can get your blood glucose monitor and even your drug administration devices tied into the internet so that we can get not only metrics about your health, but also about those drugs that were administered, how they were, and even potentially batches that were provided at that point in time. But then with that deluge of data that's coming in the door, supplemented by things like claims data, which is already available to payers, and then also by things like social determinants data, which may include where you live, past financial preferences, things like that, it puts a lot of emphasis on analytics platforms and those tools that can take all of that data, combine it together and start to present some insights that inform, again, how we're going to engage with you. And that is a blend not only of who you are and what are those conditions that are potentially challenging for you, but how do you prioritize those and figure out which are the ones we need to intervene on first? And as you prioritize, what are those things that are gonna most get you as an individual to act or change? And then, you know, you mentioned also channels in this picture and that comes up too. So once we know who you are, what needs to happen, and what's the best way to help you, we need to figure out what's the most effective way to get in touch with you. Is it a text message? Is it through the web or the app? Should we capitalize on the point in time when you pick up a phone and call about benefits to also remind you that maybe you need to get that refill that you've been putting off for a little while, or you need that follow-up appointment? All of this transformation back to what was originally sort of a discussion around home visits, well, the home is now wherever the member is. And we want to take all that data, combine it together, and be able to create an experience around you using technology that's going to, again, motivate you towards health.
0: I think we know, you know, the power of these kinds of efforts in getting us to do all kinds of things, including by running gear that we don't need. I might be guilty of that. So it would be wonderful to have that power used to make us all healthier. Derek, can you give us a vision of where we might be with this in, let's say, five, ten years? What are we pointing at? And what do you think it will look like over the next five, ten years?
2: Well, it's a little bit of the panacea. If payers actually could effectively activate all health consumers to do the things that we know which improve their health, we would go a long way towards having a healthier, happier population, and the cost of healthcare would be tremendously lower. Now, in five to 10 years, the question is really what is achievable? And sadly, in healthcare, I think, as both you and Igor know, it often takes a lot longer for that tipping point to happen than we wish it would. There are lots of barriers in the system and market dynamics that, don't necessarily align in the way that we hope it will. But I personally believe that payers actually have a unique position to capitalize on it because of the way that they're positioned with the data that they have access to of the member, with the relationships that they have with employers and the incentives that they have to have healthy consumers work for them at an affordable price.
0: I'd like to see payers use that to get people to go get their flu shots. That would be a fantastic improvement driving vaccinations. That's just my personal thoughts on that. Well, thank you so much, Derek. This has been really fascinating. And I think it's an interesting area of consumerization that folks don't think about right away, that the payers are actively pursuing change in the way that they engage with us. Thanks so much for being on our podcast.
1: Of course. Thank you both so much. Thank you, Derek. That was tremendous. For more on these topics and other health industry insights driven by policy, innovation, and care delivery changes, please visit our website at pwc.com forward slash hri. Until next time, this has been Next in Health.
0: This podcast is brought to you by PwC All Rights Reserved.